Hey Slayers, you're listening to That Slayer Show. I'm Madeline Kane. And I'm Kate Schroeder. This is Season 2, Episode 7, Lie to Me. And we are watching through the theme of secrets. Madeline, are you ready for this week's One Minute Recap? Kate, I am ready. Shall I count you in? That would be wonderful. Okay, a lot happened this episode, so we really got to bring the speed (laughs) (laughs) and And clarity. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Keita. Three, two, one, recap. Okay, so Drusilla left the cave and Angel uh, finds her and they're talking and Buffy sees them. And she's upset about it because she's like, who is Angel talking to? And then at school, her new f- her old friend Ford shows up from her elementary school. Right. And Giles is like, Buffy, you look sad. You should have the night off. So she goes to the bronze with uh, Xander and Willow and Ford. And then Angel shows up and then he has like weird feelings about Ford. And then he, they look into him and it turns out Ford um, doesn't have like a strong history of paper trail. <laughs> right. And Ford also somehow knows that Buffy is the vampire slayer and he is trying to do a trade with Spike so that he can become a vampire and like Buffy will die. Right. And then, um, okay. Also, Buffy confronts Angel about Drusilla because she finds out that Drusilla is from Angel's past and then he does um, tell her about how she made um, Drusilla go crazy and she he turned her into a vampire and then also um, he tells her about Ford being full shit. Right. And then Ford gets Buffy into a, a, a locked room and uh, the vampires come but Buffy gets out anyway and saves the day. There was a lot of subtle relationship things that happened this episode that mm. I don't think we're, we were able to get to in our hasty and concise one minute recap. For example, Buffy tells Angel that she loves him, but she doesn't know if she can trust him. Just thought I'd mention that. Oh my God, I don't even... <laughs> Did Angel say, I love you also? Or well, he was like, do you love me? Oh my God. And she was like, I love you. But I don't know if I can trust you. Yeah, that was intense. Well, and then oh, Ford has brain cancer. We also didn't get <laughs> didn't mention that. Uh, that was yeah. That's why. That's the motivation behind becoming a vampire. We also didn't mention all of the um, other folks <laughs> that he, that Ford sacrificed. Basically, I mean, essentially, said he would become a vampire. Mm-hmm. So Angel and Drusilla, it was pretty bad. He really uh, abused her and did everything he could to just torment her all the way until making her a vampire, which Buffy thought was very unfortunate, which disappointed Buffy is what I'm going for, actually. (laughs) She was very disappointed. (laughs) So Keita, where did you see secrets in this episode? Okay, so what I'm interested in is when we would rather have things stay a secret as opposed to knowing them. Because something that's really a theme throughout the episode is Buffy being upset that people are keeping these secrets. Uh, Angel goes to Willow to find out about Ford, and Willow and Xander and Angel are all in on it, and Buffy finds out afterwards. But, you know, you get to the end of the episode, and she finds out about the fact that Ford has brain cancer and that feels like a secret that maybe would have been easier for her to not know. So we don't, we can parse through those, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, so you're comparing secrets. Uncomparable secrets. Yes. (laughs) Like very different and unique in their own ways. (laughs) Sorts of secrets. Got it. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that Buffy finding out that Ford has brain cancer, I think to me it doesn't really matter if she wants to know or not. That was Ford's secret to tell. And I think him deciding to relay that to her, I think it is pretty irrelevant whether Buffy wanted to know or not. It doesn't matter if Buffy wanted to know that or not. If it was easier for Buffy not to know that, it feels irrelevant to me because this is Ford's secret, like his personal thing. Oh, that's actually really helpful. Okay, because I was sort of putting those two in a similar position, but coming back to the first example so angel and willow and xander sort of conspiring without buffy's knowing that's very directly affecting buffy right it's about her friend right i mean the secret that angel and willow and xander are keeping about well they're not even really keeping it a secret they're like trying to understand what it is and once they figure out what's going on with ford then they tell her immediately that's true. So do you... Th- but there was some secrecy involved. Right. In fact, in that they just weren't telling her about the process. Do you think that that was necessary? I think Angel probably didn't want to bring it up to her at first because, you know, just like Willow did, it was pretty easy to assume that he was just jealous at first. Mm-hmm. But I feel like after Willow got pulled into it, it should have been, you know, they should have been able to go to Buffy the next day. I agree. It made me wonder about Angel potentially keeping secrets as more of a habit than out of necessity and just playing things tight to the chest. It on the surface feels like, oh, he doesn't want Buffy to know he's acting irrationally because it was a little weird that he he played it off really well. But in reality, he met Ford for like three seconds and was like, I know people. I know. And so there is some level of overprotectiveness going on. I think. I mean, he ended up being correct. Like his judgment was correct, which made it all okay. But at the same time, I am a little bit like, Angel, (laughs) what you doing going over to Willow? Like he didn't even go to Buffy. Like he didn't even tell Buffy he had weird feelings about Ford first. Um, Sure. So anyway, I wonder if there is just this almost habitual reaction of like oh i have this thought like let me just keep it in as tight a circle as possible we get to know more about angel's dark secrets this episode which was cool but i wonder what else is there (laughs) like what else don't we know he just told buffy about drusilla but it feels like we still didn't get the question answered of what were they talking about in the graveyard because it felt like more than them just being like oh remember when I emotionally abused you and then turned you into a vampire right when you joined a convent (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's something he would not have relayed to Buffy if it wasn't if he wasn't put on the spot about it and really confronted about it Additionally, (laughs) as I was watching this episode through the theme of secrets, I was finding myself a little more empathetic toward Angel than I had originally anticipated I would feel or had felt the first time I watched it, especially surrounding his past and how, you know, he did have no soul for a long time. And during that time did some really terrible things, things he's really ashamed of, feels guilty of. And does he have an obligation to reveal those things to the people he's close to now? I mean, obviously, Drusilla is now like back in the picture. So it makes sense that he be open about what's going on with her. But at the same time, that must take a lot of courage 
to open up about that because it is probably shrouded in a lot of emotions for him. And so to talk about this with someone who you like and who you want to like you is really opening yourself up to potential hurt and rejection. Once you tell someone what you did, then they're going to she's obviously going to be like horrified to an extent. Mm -hmm. And he knows that. And it's not even really him anymore. So I was just really empathizing with Angel more than I usually do in this episode and about the secrets that he has to deal with all the time that are probably like eating away at him. Right. And I also was sort of compelled by the idea that if this is what he was doing, you know, when he didn't have have a soul, then... I'm not sure about the obligation to tell them everything he did. Certainly not. I mean, it makes sense that he would have secrets. He's been around for a while. I know. It is weird, though, when um, he did see Drusilla at at night. And then when Buffy confronts him about it the first time, she was like, what did you do yesterday? He was like, nothing. I stayed in. Mm. And I thought that just to me signaled that oh he might just not that he's trying to lie but he just might be a really private person like he doesn't tell people his business you know right although for Buffy given that they do have some sort of a relationship he probably I think he probably should have been honest just again for the sake of trust but they read the bronze, for God's sake. I, I mean, know. I like. What is he gonna do? Be like, yeah, this woman who I like tortured mentally, right, for years, as like they're at like a nightclub. Yeah, yeah. Not not the place. Madeline, where else in the episode did you notice our theme of secrets? A super fun point of secrecy in the episode was between Giles and Miss Calendar or Jenny. Ooh. Miss Calendar surprised Giles with a date. So she was keeping it a secret from him about where she was going to take him on this date. And she ended up, we find out, taking him to see monster trucks, (laughs) um, which is super fun. And we'll actually talk about that at the end of this episode. We'll get into um, how Miss Calendar came to that decision about going to see monster trucks with Giles. Anyway, I thought that was a really nice highlight of how secrets can be fun and good you know like surprise parties or just everyone has like rich inner lives that they don't share with everyone and that's totally okay and healthy right and you know secrets has a really negative connotation but in this episode we got to see really clearly secrets being played out in a fun loving way fun for miss calendar (laughs) yeah i guess not fun for giles (laughs) (laughs) Keita, secrets, tell me more. So one thing that just watching this episode through the theme of secrets made me wonder anew was, you know, Buffy has friends that know she's the Slayer. Why is it so necessary for her to keep this secret from Joyce? Like, what is the reasoning? So many things would be easier if Joyce knew. It's not like they have a big household where it could easily eke out through different members of the family to the general public. It's just her and Joyce. And it would probably bring them closer and it would help her understand. So why does it have to be a secret from Joyce? What does that serve? I immediately started thinking about other heroes' secret identity. And a lot of reasoning for that is to protect the ones they love from like mm. their nemesis knowing their identity. But people know that Buffy's... Cordelia knows, for God's sake. Spike knows that it's Buffy, right? 
he's been to her house, right? Has he yeah. Been? And everyone calls her by her actual name. <laughs> right. So it's not like it's a secret from her nemesis. So that's not a card that can be played as we discuss why she's keeping it a secret from Joyce. The only other thing that I can think of, and there could be other options, but the next thing that comes into my head is that there's this sense that Joyce wouldn't want her to be the slayer Mm -hmm. and she might crack down on some parenting things if she knew what Buffy was really up to. Right, because then she would know that Buffy's really going to sort of be giving away the rest of her life for this. Right. She'd probably make them move. Okay, you've convinced me all things I could have thought of on my own, but in the moment I was like, geez, this would make Buffy's life so much easier. It feels maybe like one of those secrets that we just have to keep building on top of in order to keep it going as opposed to just it's not a one and done. It's an everyday. You know, and also part of me wonders maybe they're not working super hard to keep it a secret. Maybe it's showing maybe how checked out Joyce might be. That is a really good point. Like Buffy obviously spends a lot of nights in the graveyard. Right. So either Joyce is okay with her going out every night or Joyce never goes up to her room to knock and see what she's up to. But either way, it does seem like that would be hard to pull off if you're if you were like really engaged with your child, Mm -hmm. especially with the frequency that she's having to fulfill these slayer duties seems like damn near every day i mean giles was like you can have the night off and it was like a big event so the implication is that she's working most nights so maybe if it came down to it if joyce ever like really put her on the spot maybe buffy would tell her yeah i don't know well i don't know you might know but i'll find out soon enough I just wanted to talk about, I think there's a solid chance that the brain tumor might be affecting his judgment and personality, which can happen, I believe. Mm -hmm. My question about Ford is, why do you think he felt the need to implicate all these other people? Like, do you think that he really thought that because they wanted to become vampires, uh, that he was doing them a favor because at the end, it seemed like he knew they would probably die. He didn't care. Oh, I think he promised them to Spike also. I think he used it to sweeten the pots that maybe Spike wouldn't be as inclined to kill him. I think he was like, look, I can get you the Slayer and 15 people to oh, feed on. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. That's kind of reminds me of Empata a little bit. Yeah. This threat of not being able to live your life and instead using these other means that harm other people. And also makes them a more sympathetic bad guy to an extent. Right. Because they don't really have another choice. Yeah. I mean, the other choice is to die. I mean. Right. (laughs) But that's not 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 much of a choice. Not much of a choice. Keita. Likes. What did you like? Okay. So I enjoyed. This was kind of the first episode I thought that sort of ended with you know, a heavier moment. And I really liked sort of this introduction into the show of a bit more of a dilemma. Buffy's now having to not just fight vampires who are very clearly bad. She's having to sort of make space for things to be both bad and deserve her sympathy. And I like, I like having that complexity because I think it's something that is true in the real world also things aren't just one way you know it's a struggle to always make space for things to be more than one 
way. And I'm glad to get to see that in Buffy. Yeah, absolutely. I just compared Ford to Empata, but obviously a big difference is that Ford is human. He, if anything, is more like that invisible girl from season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you liked, Madeline? I liked the interactions between Willow and Angel this episode. Yes. We haven't seen much of them interacting alone together, and we got to see them alone together in Willow's room when Angel asks Willow to search Ford on her, on the net. Also earlier in the episode when they're in the bronze and um, they're playing pool, Willow is like, Angel, do you want to play even after Buffy and Ford leave? Right. She's really making <laughs> she's, moves to include him. I know. It felt really sweet that she's recognizing maybe Angel feels left out. Maybe he's just a little socially awkward. And she's like putting out these feelers to maybe try to establish a friendship. And I really like that. Also, the little comment Angel made when she he's sitting on the bed in Willow's room, he says, a hundred years just hanging out, feeling guilty. I really honed my brooding, brooding skills. <laughs> it was so honest. I know. And I, I am liking the humor around Angel's character and seeing him take himself a little less seriously. Right. And, you know, Willow asking Angel to play pool wasn't, you know, just her reaching out to you know, just in case he was lonely. It's also making space for Angel in their human life and friendship, which is something that's nice kind of her to do for Buffy because it's allowing for Angel to exist in their space and therefore maybe exist in space with Buffy in a way that's not related to slaying things. Madeline, anything that you disliked? Yeah, Earlier in this episode, you mentioned that one of your likes was a more nuanced villain who is in a clear-cut evil, like vampires bad, humans good. You know, here was a human that was doing something very evil and Buffy trying to navigate that. And in that same vein, I noticed that Buffy refers to the vampire who Ford didn't kill as it. Yeah, she was like, he said he killed it. You know, obviously she refers to Angel as a he. I wonder if calling vampires saying it helps Buffy to make make her feel better about killing them all the time. Um, because when you do that, it really eliminates the possibility for nuance. I mean, we we know that vampires don't have souls, but in our short exposure to the vampire world we've seen angel who is obviously an exception and i can only assume there might be other exceptions or other vampires who for some fluke don't kill people you know i don't know this isn't twilight but (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i'm wondering about buffy's tendency to want there to be clear villains and obviously we saw her being frustrated with ford not falling clearly into one of those categories um so it was i guess a dislike on Buffy for calling the vampire an it. I don't know if I feel that strongly about it, but... Sure. Well, I wonder if, you know, I think her conversation with Giles was really interesting, and I enjoyed it. She asks him if this is how life is always going to be, and he says, well, what do you want me to say? And she says, lie to me. And then he tells her all of the wonderful lies that we would like to believe. And so I just wonder if part of that her calling the vampire in it. But I wonder if that's something that maybe she'll 
grow out of or maybe you know she doesn't really have the capacity with the stress that she must certainly be under to always deal with the emotional fallout of the fact that she's killing something that maybe you know someone that's conscious and maybe you know her whole identity is the vampire slayer and so she probably does have to take certain measures to distance herself from vampires i mean it's helpful that the vampires she kills tend to have those uh, the like different face that like yeah. separates them if they had a normal looking face that would probably even be like more emotionally challenging so i wonder if this is like another step that buffy's doing to try to distance herself emotionally from the impact that the potential impact that like killing beings all the time might have all the time yeah Yeah. i'm swayed by that um madeline was there anything else you disliked since i couldn't come up with anything i have one more and that was just seeing ford hit buffy twice Mm. like knock her down hit her the stairs yeah part of me was surprised that he was able to knock her down so effectively because like this is Buffy we're talking about Mm -hmm. he's just a mere human (laughs) but then I realized that maybe it had to do with um her emotionally kind of coping with being she's like not used to being hit by she wasn't expecting a blow from him Mm -hmm. so caught her off guard but I didn't like watching her be hit by this boy who I didn't think should be able to hit her. I don't know. It made me mad. I don't know if it's a dislike. Sure. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like watching it. So (laughs) that sounds like you disliked it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I I count it. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bit of a, a bit of a tense scene. (laughs) All right, Kate. It is time for the backstory portion of the pod. So today's question, Kate, is about Miss Calendar. So as you know, Giles and Miss Calendar went on a date and they went to see monster trucks. Miss Calendar took Giles. So the question is, what was Miss Calendar's alternative? What would the other date option be if they hadn't gone to see monster trucks? Okay, so Miss Calendar was just trying to get Giles to experience something new. And her other idea was a rave in Los Angeles. She had a great DJ picked out. And not only did she have the location, but she was ready with the appropriate clothing. She had all of their outfits picked out. Crystals were involved. She had their star charts ready so they could talk with some wooks and exchange rising moons. She had pashmina scarves ready. She had the whole thing set to go, but she was just worried that it would be a bit too much for Giles. And so she opted for monster trucks where she was hoping she might be able to talk him down if he got a little too spooked by the proceedings. Amazing. Surprisingly similar vibes to what I thought Miss Calendar's alternative was also, but a little different. Madeline, what do you think Miss Calendar's alternative was? Okay, so the way I see the situation playing out is Miss Calendar, in the end, it was meant to be a surprise that they went to see monster trucks, but she did provide Giles the opportunity to leave. And the alternative when they got to the monster truck place was we can, I have these tabs of ecstasy and we can take them and just chill at my house. Really, she was trying to bone Giles, but obviously, but I mean, ultimately the goal is to get Giles out of his comfort zone. He was adamant about not doing the ecstasy. So that's why it ended up being monster trucks was the only alternative for Giles. Wow. He did choose his fate. Yeah, more kind (laughs) of. Sure. 
Well, go vote on Wednesday on our Instagram at That Slayer Show for what you think the alternative date was. you so much for listening to this episode of that slayer show if you enjoyed this episode or our podcast go ahead and share it with your friends and leave us a review on apple Podcasts. madeline is really looking forward to reading some reviews please leave a review you can follow our instagram like i said at that slayer show or send an email to that slayer show at gmail.com we also have a Facebook and Twitter, That Slayer Show. Thank you to Holly Colvin for creating our amazing cover art. And this podcast was inspired by Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Come back next week for season two, episode eight, which we will watch through the theme of exposure. Hear you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.